You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Uh, keep waking up in this crazy dystopian world. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, am, am I just dreaming? Is this? Is, is this? Is this? No. No. Okay. I'm pinching no. myself, and I'm no, still. No, you're not. Uh, you're not dreaming. Still here. We're, we're living in La La Land. That's for sure. Can you believe it's the end of the week already? I I, I cannot actually. I, I was my alarm went off this morning, and of course that the, the usual routine is the cat greets me in the morning when the alarm goes off. Or, uh, well, just before. Or the cat is the alarm, and, in my case. Yeah, well, he is the alarm, but he, he's usually laying on me when the alarm goes off. Anyway, oh. I, I remember well, looking, shutting the alarm off, and then looking back at the clock, and 20 minutes flew by, and I was like, what? How did that happen? What? <laughs> time, just, it, time is flying. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, my cat usually wakes me up because he wants food, and that's really all that happens. Once once I you know, slunkered down to feed him, I don't matter anymore. And he just goes off and does his own thing. Yeah. So that's well, thank It's like, yeah, thanks a lot. I don't yeah. even get a thank you. You know, I just get like a, yeah. you know, whatever as he slunkers off in the other way. Uh, anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, so a couple of days ago, the Chinese tested a hypersonic missile. Well, apparently they've tested another one. Um, I, I'm sorry. I have a very hard time believing this. Listen to the way that this is put out. This is out of the Daily Mail this time. All right. Now, the Daily Mail has been doing some decent stuff as it relates to China. So, all right, let's let's put it in a little bit more um, legitimate light this time. Let's see how they do with it. China has tested two hypersonic orbital nukes capable of breaching missile defenses. As panicked analysts say, it defies the laws of physics and is unlike any weapon the U.S. has. Does that sound like flat out Politburo propaganda to you? Because it, it certainly does to me. Yeah. Um, also, part of the problem I have with all this is... Um how do you have something go that fast in the Earth's atmosphere without erupting in flames or exploding, just like everything else that does? Yeah, and where's where's any kind of video evidence of that? I mean, you would think, I mean, hell, the North Koreans, right? Let's just look at the North Koreans. Obviously, okay, that's a puppet state and the junkyard dog of China. Okay, fair. But there's still a communist regime and they still put forth all the all the propaganda and everything that the regime needs in order to stay in power. But what do they do? Their state media. Every time there's a test launch for something uh, of the littlest thing, anytime there's a uh, uh, the the what does he call himself? The marshal. Every time there's the marshal, Kim Jong Un out there who is standing on the uh, the the 38th parallel in a bomber jacket and uh, and binoculars, looking across at the evil South that's supported by the uh, the capitalist pigs of America. You see it on the, uh, the the state TV over there. If this was indeed legitimate. In my humble opinion, then you would see their state media going bonkers over it, showing the world, showcasing what was actually happening that they have accomplished, showcasing it to the people. Look what your dear leadership is doing for you on your behalf. There's none of it. It's just a couple of headlines here and there in the Western press. That's it. All the all the uh, photographs that I, I had seen of um, of this supposed launch was 
of rockets that they use to go to space, like just your normal, typical rockets, which look like actually the, the Chinese ones, the I, I, I kid you not, it looked like a toy from the 90s. The, the photos I'd seen of the rocket and the paint job and everything and just the shape and and mm-hmm. it looked like something from the 90s. It, I got it really some did. photos here. Yeah, I got some photos here. Of course, you see some diagrams and stuff of, of what this is. Of course, look where it's look just happened to look where it hits, right? Washington, D.C. It just happens to hit right there. Uh-huh. Sure. And then they release, of course, you know, the, all these little things, you know, this is what the this is what the Chinese has as far as their arms race. This is what the U.S. has. This is what Russia has, blah, blah, blah. This is their supposed uh, dummy that they sent up, their dummy weapon uh, into space. Uh, this is back in August. Does that look like something that's going to, the way you're talking about it, does that look like something that's going to be able to withstand the types of speeds that we're talking about, which is 23,000 miles no. an hour here? No, that looks like... Um that looks like your typical rocket that they would launch to uh, put up a satellite. It does not look like it has enough. Uh, it does not have enough rocket fuel to propel it 21,000 miles an hour around the, the planet. I mean, technically in low Earth or, or orbit, you have low air resistance. So technically you could, if you have enough fuel to get it to low Earth, low Earth orbit and change its trajectory, you could kind of slingshot it a little bit, use the gravity of, of Earth to speed it up. But the problem with that idea is you, you have to have the proper shape and design for the the missile itself. That looks like the typical rocket that we'd see. Uh, they have to come in, as an example, they have to come in at a certain angle into the Earth's atmosphere uh, when it's like a, a space shuttle or something, That right? They have to come at it mm-hmm. at a certain degree right. so that the air resistance hits the heat shielding. That doesn't look like it has any heat shielding at all on there. No. No. Well, uh, again, this is just a dummy that they sent up uh, back in August. This is uh, not the this is not the actual one. This is not the actual They, they say that this is okay. right. They say that this was a step in their testing process in order to get them there. Which I get that you need to have tests, right? I mean, that's what Musk is doing with his Starship and I mean, hell, how many times did uh, did he test uh, Falcon 9 before they actually got it right? We had a lot of explosions. Uh, thankfully there was no one I, they're still testing. Uh, they're on what is it, Raptor three now? I think or something like that. Their yeah, engine. But, yeah, yeah. They, they've I was, gone through multiple renditions and right. Yeah. But I, I was talking about the the Falcon rocket that they use. We had a lot of explosions yeah. with that before they actually cleared yes. that one for use. That's so, same thing with Starship. They've I, like yeah, they've blown true. up every one of them until now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we saw the uh, the one that they did. It was like a couple. Uh, the one they actually successfully landed. They successfully landed it, and then. Three minutes later, it exploded as it landed. Everything was fine until three minutes went by and then it exploded. But nonetheless, I, I don't buy this. And more than that, I don't buy everything else that they're talking about with sending crews up there to space. I don't buy that. And the reason I don't buy that is because you see a launch. This is this is the this is the stuff they put out. You see a launch. The rocket goes up. You you don't see the crew inside. You see uh, some people packed in there like sardines flopping their arms around and shaking in the, uh, in the seat. But hell, you can do that on a Star Trek movie set. That's how they simulate that stuff. That's all that happens. But when you see a launch from an American space agency like NASA or with SpaceX, or if you see a launch with uh, Russian, whatever their rocket is, the Soyuz or, or whatever it's called, uh, so- Soyuz, something like that. Whenever you see that... Mm-hmm. 
the, the Russian space agency, the Japanese, whenever you see them launch a rocket, you actually see it going up. You can see that it's got the thrust to break the pull of the Earth's gravity. You can see how much power those rockets have. The Chinese, when you see their rockets go up, they don't have that kind of thrust. The ones that are supposedly the crewed missions, they don't have that kind of thrust. They just don't have it. They could still easily be crewed missions. Uh, the, the, the problem uh, that I have with the information that's coming out of China, uh, as you were saying, uh, with the US-based uh, or yeah, the Western society, when we launch one, you have video cameras on the exterior showing you what's going on. Hell, you, you look at SpaceX. They have literal cameras attached to the rocket itself. And it's showing the separation of each uh, stage, it's showing you the launch. It shows you have cameras on the ground tracking, you have cameras inside the cockpit, you see everything that's going on. And then you can see when they do the stage separation, you can see uh, the Earth. You can tell that they're in space or on the edge of the atmosphere and, and, and doing the separation. You can tell that you can see the physics change with gases and and uh, the 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 burning of the fuel, the the so I need to see that from the Chinese to to know that they're legitimately doing it. This um, is their but, supposed. Uh, if you're wondering, this is their supposed uh, glide uh, vehicle or whatever it is, their hypersonic thing. This this is supposedly it. This was taken from a military parade in 2019 uh, in Beijing. It looks like it could be. I mean, it has the right aerodynamic um, from as as a layman and. Only having, you know, done documentaries and done watched documentaries on this kind of stuff and, and other people doing the research. I'm not, you know, it looks like the rough design of uh, like an SR-71. Um, it, it looks like that basic shape that you need to reduce air resistance. But when you start getting to those speeds, air resistance is, uh, it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of a big deal. But I, I uh, maybe uh, as I far as it. what it looks like there, maybe Sorry, uh, as far as the imagery, but to actually have it, I don't know that, that that's a tough one to say because like, you still run into the same issues of when it's coming back down from the low earth orbit. If it's traveling at 20,000 miles an hour, you're generating an immense amount of heat. That's uh, a good, from air resistance. That's that's a really good question. Okay, theoretically, this is the their supposed second one. Okay, the the second one they've done that they've done in like what uh, a week. Where do they go? It's supposed to land somewhere, right? I mean, you're supposed to recover the vehicle. Where did it go? Well, if it's a missile, I don't necessarily think you need to recover it necessarily. You just need okay. to make sure it impacts well, it the correct target. Okay, but it should have landed somewhere, right? Landed being a stretch of the word. Um, if if I were testing a ballistic missile like this. Um, I would have a dummy target out in the ocean somewhere, a ship, and I would try to hit that ship with a missile traveling at 21,000 miles an hour, whatever their speed is that they're doing, and try to get it as close to that ship as I possibly could. And that would be the, the measuring metric, if you will. So there would be nothing to recover uh, necessarily. Um, but even so, they would be sure and show that to the world, I would think. Yes. If it was if it was a successful um, uh, it, it, the thing is, <laughs> when you're when you're doing ballistic missiles, you don't really need to have them very accurate. I mean, you, you need it to hit within a few hundred feet of where you want it to be. You don't need it to hit it like a pinhead, you know. You, yeah, Sir Isaac Newton will take care of it. Just get it in the general. 
Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, equals MC squared does the rest uh -huh. of all of that. So, right. um, <laughs> yeah. So you don't need it precise, but you need it somewhat precise. So that's why I was saying you use, use a ship, you know, a decommissioned uh, Navy vessel or something from like World War II era uh, and, and use that as a targeting or, you know, a target. But yeah, that's a good point. We didn't see it. In fact... You remember that debris that happened here recently that nearly missed the U.S.? You mean the the one thing from China that fell out of the sky and they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, we don't know where that's going to land. It's it could be anywhere between New York and Los Angeles. Well, gee, thanks for telling us. <laughs> that narrows it down. That's only four and a half thousand miles. What if it was that was their test? Being giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying that it was successful. What if they were just saying, oh, that's a satellite coming down? I don't know. And being coy about I, what, what's I going on. I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's difficult to say because we do send all of our manufacturing over there. So we they do. do technically have the, yeah. the means to do this. But at but, the moment, at the moment, the, the state that China's in, as far as yeah. their their financial situation, their flooding, financial the, food. the harvest. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's not that's not good. Uh, so I, I anyway, again, I say more propaganda. Kind of like the Soviet Union when they were collapsing and they were sitting yeah. here going, hey, look, guys, we're doing these amazing things. You know, we made yeah. it to the to space before the U.S. And actually, then they, they collapsed they a few years later. Like yeah, they, they actually yeah, they did. did but they did make it to space before we did. Yeah. But the, yeah. the real rush was to the moon. That was the rush was once we made it to the moon and we beat the Russians to the moon, space program kind of was dismantled by these morons. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's move on. Oh, God, I hate to I hate to do it. The old man. I know we talked about his poll numbers yesterday are hell. 28 percent with independence. Are you kidding me? The, the, the White House resident dementia patient that's in there. 58 percent say that Joe is not mentally or physically capable of being president. Well, I've heard somebody describe it this way. And as a matter of fact, when we were watching some video last night of the Queen shaking hands with the likes of Bill Gates in Windsor Castle, when she was walking through the hallway, I replayed that part of the video and I said, Bruce, you see that right there? And he said, yeah. I said, you see the way she's walking? Yeah. I said, that usually means when you see somebody that is up there in years and they start to have that walk, you can see it. They've got a year or less left in their life. Usually, usually that's what you run into. Joe Biden has that walk as far as I'm concerned. Whenever you see him doing his little, um, you know, slumpering, you know, slunken thing where he's, you know, just kind of hunkering out the back door or hopping onto Marine One kind of thing, that thing, that's the walk. Or when the Secret Service was trying to lead him back to his office, the Oval Office, and he was walking through the middle of the bushes, that one. Yeah. Rasmussen reports surveyed 1,000 likely voters, and they asked, how confident are you that Joe Biden is physically and mentally up for the job of being president of the United States? A full 50% said they are not confident at all, while another 8% said not very confident. 27% said they were very confident Biden was up to the job of being president, while 14% said somewhat confident. You know what? I almost don't even want to play this. This is what Joe Biden said yesterday. I think, yeah, he was in Pennsylvania yesterday doing his... Uh, is he doing a tour for infrastructure or something now? Or selling this Green New Deal garbage? Is that what he's doing? I, I'm, I, I think he's trying to do what Trump did and doing rallies while he was president and doing these things, okay, showing that crowd? he's still capable. Where's the crowd? Because all we that, see that, is just uh, a zoomed in shot of him. Where, where's the crowd? Where's the crowd? And also, um, 
as you said, it's they're also trying to sh- to to sell this new green nonsense. Um, I, I I I don't at this point I don't even know what their political game is anymore. Like. Usually they have some, you know, uh, grifters typically have a narrative they want to push. You look at all the other politicians, when they start tanking in numbers, they start going out there and talking about subjects and topics that people want to hear um, to try to, you know, garnish some favorability. No one wants He's to hear about He's not even out there doing that. No, no one no, wants to hear about yeah. infrastructure. And it's the thing is, is it's not even infrastructure what he's talking about. It, he's technically... Humans are infrastructure based on what their policies are. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Well, apart from that, he was talking about Amtrak. And I want you to ask yourself, as the listener, ask yourself from what I'm about to play here, ask yourself if you believe he is mentally, forget physically, right? I, I just told you about the physical side of things. Ask yourself mentally, is he mentally capable of being the president of the United States. Listen to this. I'd ride every day. I I commuted every single day for 36 years as vice president of the United States. After my wife and daughter were killed, I went home to see my family. Never stopped. After his wife and daughter were killed. And he's vice president for how many years? 36? Is that what he said? How, How do you make that mistake? How? Uh, that and the thing is, is he made the mistake and didn't even correct himself. No, I I would have immediately said, "Oh my God, I I didn't mean to say that." Of course, my wife wasn't killed; she's right here. Dude, you wouldn't even have made that mistake anyway, because that's, no. that that is such no. an egregious mistake. You, as you far don't as make like, that mistake, your wife and daughter no. were killed. My God, no, no, not not on something that that extreme. I, I I could I could understand it if he if he was saying my son died and stumbled and said uh someone else like uh brother or daughter or something like that and and caught themselves like sorry i I meant you know okay but this wasn't some freudian slip or some misspeak or whatever this was him in another universe that's horrendous how how on earth do you make a mistake like that and this that you're going to tell me that he's just after hearing that i and i know we play a lot of gaffes about him you know doing the whole hairy legs and all this you know all this stuff we kind of making fun of the whole situation but that's that a serious issue super racist yeah, yeah well yeah that one's racist as hell but this one when, when you oh no i'm sorry i just that that's crazy all right on with it okay apparently we had so many disadvantaged children in the united states during the time of the pandemic that they didn't have equal access to the internet, to high-speed internet. They didn't have equal access to it. So therefore, the parents had to load all of the kids up in the cars, and they had to go sit out in the McDonald's parking lots so they would have internet so they could attend school virtually. Jobs. Making sure there's a high-speed internet. Affordable and available anywhere. Everywhere in America, including for nearly one in six families who go without internet. They're kind of, you saw what's happened when we've had this COVID. Try teaching from home. How many people do you see out in McDonald's parking lots? None. With their kids in their cars because they get access to the internet. None. To be able to help the kid in school. What are we doing? This is the United States of America, damn it. Yeah, yeah, damn it. What are we doing? And both these bills are going to help us meet the moment on the climate crisis in a way that creates good jobs, makes us more economically competitive. Now, 
I haven't been to a McDonald's in quite some time, but I do remember all the years that I would go to them years and years ago that you could go to a McDonald's and they would offer you free Wi-Fi service. That is true. That is true. However, some years ago, they changed that, at least the McDonald's that I visited in the United States the last time I was there. Uh, well, the time, yeah, the time before that. They don't offer free Wi-Fi service anymore. You have to physically go inside and buy something, and then they give you a receipt with the Wi-Fi access on it that's only good. It's a ticket that's only good for like 30 minutes of access because they don't want people camping out using their free service all day long. They don't want non-paying customers to be able to access their service. And I don't blame them. Bandwidth costs money. I get it. So if you want to access our bandwidth for our customers, buy something. It's just like a hotel. The hotel offers free Wi-Fi access, but you have to be a guest. Once you check in, then they'll give you access to the Wi-Fi network. It used to be that the hotels just had open service and you could just do whatever you wanted. I know because I used to stay in hotels back then when Wi-Fi was just starting to kick off everywhere. And you could just pull into the parking lot and you'd have free Wi-Fi service until they changed it. Once everybody started accessing all these networks and the security flaws came apparent, your data wasn't secure and, you know, hackers would go on to these different places and they would start snatching up people's data, then it became a problem. So the companies, to ensure that they were protected as well as the consumers were protected, they had to start locking up their networks. So they made a lot of their services as paying customers. So, um, I, I, again, he's 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 rambling on about uh, families that don't have access to the internet. So we're teaching kids in the back of in the back of cars and vans in a McDonald's parking lot when uh, they're not able to be in school. Now I tell you what, how about you examine this aspect of it? So while we're sitting here and we're trying to sell some garbage infrastructure plan about the Green New Deal and internet access and all the rest of it, right? Which quite frankly. Everything that Musk is doing with Starlink is going to make all this nonsense irrelevant anyway. All you have to do is put a receiver out in front of wherever you live and you got internet, boom, it's done. You don't need to run lines and all that crap everywhere. But how about you think about this? Let's not gloss over the fact of what the pandemic has done for education. If the pandemic did anything, if COVID did anything, it showed us one thing very critical to our societies, hasn't it? It's shown the parents exactly what their kids are being taught in schools, hasn't it? Uh-huh. Wait a minute. You're learning about what? Who's teaching that? Who authorized that? You're learning about critical what theory? You're learning about pronouns? You're being shown pornography? Who, who authorized this? So the parents have been storming school board meetings all across the United States, going in and confronting these little Marxists that are on these school boards that are indoctrinating their children. So if you want to talk about something as far as infrastructure and education and internet access, okay, fine. Let's talk about how we can use those things to get the proper education to your children. Let's talk about how we can teach your kids how to think rather than what to think. No mention of that. No mention of that at all. The McDonald's thing, that might actually legitimately be a thing. There, there might be some families that just don't have internet that live, uh, as an example, uh, out in the boondocks somewhere or lives on a farm that's way away from any civilization or whatnot, and they can't afford satellite internet, as an example. Probably not the case, but assuming, but we're just giving the benefit of the doubt, assuming that's the case. We have a program here uh, in my state that is... Uh, they, they basically will install fiber optic lines for rural communities. That, that's pretty damn fast, by the way, fiber optics. 
But I did used to do that back in the day and go to McDonald's to use the Wi-Fi um, maybe a decade ago or so. But that was because I was a gamer and was downloading a game update or something like that. And it would take a week to download it on dial up Internet. And I didn't want to do that. But that's the thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure the one in six that he quotes in, in, in there that it's like one in six people don't have Internet in the U.S. still. Uh-huh. I don't think that's I don't think that's accurate now. Not now, no. Because I mean, I I know people that that live in upstate New York that live, I mean, way, way out. And I'm talking like their nearest neighbor is two and a half miles away out of dirt road. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Mm -hmm. out there. Now, granted, he's at the end of the line. When I say the end of the line, I'm not talking about a fiber optic line. He's at the end of what is a converted DSL line. I'm talking about the wind blows and this guy doesn't have internet. It's that bad. But... He still has internet. I, I lived on a farm that was a, a half a mile away from the next nearest neighbor, and we had internet. And we had internet way back in the day when it was still dial-up. We had internet back then. You know why? Because it was dial-up, and we had a we had a phone service. It, basically, if you can get a landline there, you can get dial-up. So you still have internet. You can still do schooling. You can't do like Zoom calls and that kind of thing, but you can get your your paperwork in and out. I agree. The one in six, yeah, it doesn't play. Okay, so I, you know what? I, I don't want to go up. He's uh, I, I, from this this torpedo trip that he's on now. Uh, he is he skipped the Arizona and West Virginia trips because he's not gonna he's not gonna. I guess he doesn't want to talk about any more infrastructure. So I'm assuming that he's going to go to Camp David and have ice cream and play Mario Kart. I I guess I don't know. That seems to be his usual. His usual thing. That's that's his usual mantra. Uh, he runs off. All right. Uh, on to some uh, on to some COVID stuff. CDC Chief Walensky says we'll keep recommending masks for kids even after after they're eligible for vaccination. Why? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we think Sh- it's one. So should shouldn't you be paying attention to that? Shouldn't be you be more concerned about what the data is? And shouldn't you be like, well, we'll recommend masks for kids and we'll watch the data to see if uh, that works or doesn't work. Hint: It doesn't work. Uh, she says they will continue to recommend to recommend schools have mask mandates even after the FDA approves vaccinations for children. Let's be clear. The FDA has not approved vaccinations for adults for COVID-19. And don't give me the garbage about, well, Pfizer approved theirs. No, they did not. You read very carefully. Pfizer approved something called Comirnaty. Comirnaty is a vaccine that, quite frankly, I'm thinking that they're using that one in uh, in Brazil. They have decided, Pfizer has decided to use one city in Brazil as a control group. Now, Comirnaty is not available in the United States. On top of that, they didn't actually approve even the product. They approved an application for Comirnaty. They didn't approve the product. And even if it gets approved, if the product itself gets approved, it will not be available for use in the United States. So they're doing a, uh, a control test on uh, a group in, or on one city in Brazil. I can't think of the name of the, the city, uh, but that, that's I'm assuming that that's where they're going to do that, which would make sense because they've destroyed every other control group that they've had. So it would stand to reason that, uh, that that's what they're going to do. I'm just guessing here. So, yes, there has not been any approval thus far of any of these. Hence why the administration is not signing actual paperwork. They're just espousing the mandates. They're not signing any orders. They're saying it at a podium at a news conference and the media is running with it and the employers are jumping on board. Why is it that they're not doing it on paper, making it official? Because it's illegal. They can't do it. But if they can panic you into doing something you otherwise wouldn't do, 
well, then that's on you, isn't it? And of course, she goes on to say her, the, the CDC director, she goes on to say her usual garbage about as we head into the winter months, we can't be complacent, yada, yada, yada. That's, uh, that's what they're all saying. She says, it will take some time, I believe, given the administrative burden of vaccinating millions of children and the current reluctance of many parents. Reluctance of many parents? Lady, do you have any idea how much damage these things have done? According to your own reports, and that's supposedly between one and four percent. Man, these people are sick. It'll be many months before a meaningful number of children in the average classroom have had their shots. Uh, yeah, I, I would certainly hope so. She says, certainly it won't happen before the expected national winter surge begins. So the schools will be urged to keep the precautions up for now. You know what? The UK has decided that they're going to move ahead with their uh, their uh, what are, are they doing boosters now? Is is that what they're is that what they're focusing on? Is is that it? The, the UK they're doing they're doing boosters. Yeah, I believe. It, yeah, I'm okay. sure they're aren't they on uh, the first first round or on the I, they on I the second so, round? Yeah. Now? Okay. All right. Here it is. Yeah. So out of the Daily Telegraph this morning, Sajid Javid comes out in an impromptu uh, conference or, or whatever it is that he was doing, uh, and he says, "Have your booster jab to keep your freedoms." I'm I'm sorry. What? Have your booster to, to keep your freedoms? I would ask who in the hell this this uh, this sorry bastard thinks he is. But clearly he's Sajid Javid, the UK health secretary, favorite buddy of Klaus Schwab. If you don't believe that, we've got photos of him shaking hands with him. So the UK is now focused on booster jabs, and I think they're going after the kids too. Do you know what? I said a couple of days ago, the UK is about to get blindsided. The protests in London went away, didn't they? The government stepped back and said, all right, uh, we, we've knocked those case numbers down. And, and everything's good, and so we can relax this, but we're going to look at doing this in the future if things get out of control again. Everybody went back to sleep. The protests stopped. The tennis balls stopped going over the fences. I have an aching suspicion that those protests are about to continue again. You've got Sir Keir Starmer, the Labour leader in the Houses of Parliament, saying this two days ago. But we do need to get on with this. Telegram has been described as the app of choice for extremists. Uh -huh. uh, and Mr. Speaker, if you can believe it, if the House can believe it, as we were paying tribute to Sir David on Monday, Telegram users could access videos of murders oh, and no. violent threats against politicians, the LGBT community, women and Jews, as we were paying our respects. Uh -huh. Some of these posts are illegal. All of them are harmful oh. and hope not hate. And the Board of Deputies have said that Telegram has, in their words, facilitated and nurtured a subculture that cheerleads for terrorists. Uh, Tough sanctions no. are clearly needed. Yet under the government's current proposals, directors of platforms failing to crack down on extremism would still not face criminal sanctions. Uh -huh. OK, this goes along with wanting to uh, grab control of the Internet for the purposes of censorship. That's all this is. I personally believe that, the, as I said, the UK, you're about to get blindsided. So here's what's going to happen. A lot of the uh, organized groups that have been peaceful, that have mounted a resistance to stand in opposition to these out of control governments that are doing the bidding of, well, the central banks, among other people. Telegram has been a platform for people to organize a resistance against that. He knows, and the people that control him and own him know, that once they clamp down again, which is coming, once they clamp down again, people are going to spring back into action. They're going to be back down there at Westminster. They're going to be back down there in front of number 10. They're going to be out in front of Buckingham Palace again. 
They're going to put millions in the streets in London again. They have to try and stop it. All posts are, are illegal? All, all posts are extremists? Do you know, we had some groups that we were keeping an eye on out of Italy. When all this Green Pass nonsense started down there, do you know what the moderators at Telegram actually did? Their own moderators. They shut those channels down. The reason they shut them down was because of the following. Those were private groups. Well, actually, they were, they were public groups, but you know what I mean. They were individual groups. But here was the problem. And I have a problem with this. I, I really have a problem with this. They were doxing politicians. They were putting their personal addresses, their phone numbers, their email addresses, not the public ones that their offices put out. They were putting up their personal information and they were organizing on how to physically go after these people. That's not what's needed here. You don't go about things like that. That's violence. That's calling for violence. That's not where we need to go. That's where they want us to go. So here's what Telegram did. Their moderators attempted to reach out to the administrators of that group. Every group has administrators. Our group too. Our channel too. If anything of that nature gets posted within a channel and someone reports it, there's a reporting feature for every single post. Every single thing that people post on there, there is a report feature. If you don't like it, then here's what will happen. And this is what happened with the case of the Italian group. They will attempt, they will review it, the, the, the Telegram admins will review it. They will attempt to contact the admins of that group, whatever that group is, to get them to take it down because it violates their terms of service. Telegram's terms of service for extremist content, calling for violence against other people, whatever. If there is no response from the admins of that group, then Telegram will shut the group down. It's as simple as that. And quite frankly, I think that's fair. You can have your free speech. You cannot call for violence within that realm of free speech, especially if you want to do that on your own time. And you, if you want to stand out there on a street corner and a street corner and do that, go ahead. Right. That's your business. You're breaking the law, but that's your business. Go ahead. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying if that's what someone wants to do, go right ahead and see how far that gets you. But when you do it on a platform that you do not own, when you're doing it on someone else's platform, that exposes that business. So in comes the government saying, well, we're going to have to we're going to have to shut all these things down. We're going to have to heavily, heavily regulate these uh, these online platforms. Why that one? Because, again, that's where people can organize in a peaceful manner. And as far as I know, the peaceful movements that have been happening in the UK, all those people that were in London, Bruce, we've been watching those protests, the, the big ones that happened over the summer back in London. I didn't see any violence, did you? I, I'm not from the people that were in the streets. I saw it from the police clubbing people over the head, but I didn't see it from the people yeah. that were marching. I didn't see businesses being burned out. I didn't see cars being set on fire. I didn't see storefronts getting smashed with bricks. I didn't see police officers getting beaten in the streets. That's not what I saw. That's the kind of a resistance that they don't want. They don't want a peaceful resistance. They want a violent one so they can crack down. Yeah. So in all of this, all of that is basically the whole reporting process, all of that stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll take all that and put that aside and just look at it from you individually, you, you, yourself. He called Telegram users extremists, hateful, well, whatever. My question in all of this is, do you believe in the basic fundamental rights that humans have, right? The, the basic, in America, we call them the, the Bill of Rights, right? The, it's the, the basic rights that each individual person has. Do you believe in those basic tenets? Has that position changed over the years? Have you, have you veered from that? Are you still for those things? If that's the case, then you're not the extremist because the Western world agreed upon that for years. I mean, the US, what, what, 200 and some years we've been doing, you know, we agreed to that. It's kind of the 
the rest of the world did. So my point in saying that is, if you still believe in those things and you're still standing on those things, you're not the extremist. They are. They're the ones that are changing. They're the ones that are going after the people that are still standing for the basic rights. So uh, keep that in mind. The the calling for violence and uh, all the, the stuff that did, did go on and does go on on Telegram, it's going to happen. It happens on every platform. Facebook is guilty of it. Twitter's guilty of it. All of them are guilty of it. Hell, when it comes to organizes private, on Facebook. They organize yeah. on Facebook. When it, when it comes to a private business like that, you already know my position on freedom of speech. I think all free, all speech is free, whether it's calling for violence or not. Because, I mean, I mean, it's in the word freedom of speech. If you restrict any of the speech, it is no longer free. It is now restricted speech. But anyway, um, so I take it a little. But when you get onto a platform like that, that's privately owned, it's a business and they're allowing you on there, you follow their rules. If they say you cannot say that, you can't say that. That's just the way it is. As much as I don't like what YouTube does and Twitter and Facebook does, they're a private business. They have that right. Now, you know, obviously we, we've gone over the uh, 230 and all of that, and they have special privileges. And so there are things we want to, just as an example, there are things that we want to say here that we can't say. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it's because of TOS. We're, we're following the rules of, of the platform. So I don't know, the, 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 the coming at them and, and saying they're going to have more heavily regulated. It, it, these, these platforms need to be treated like the public square. And at the point, if they're getting some kind of protection from the government, you have to treat them like the public square and you have to allow people to say what they will. If they say something that is illegal or, you know, it leads to some kind of illegal activity or what have you, then go after the person that's doing the illegal activity. Don't restrict people, the average person. Don't restrict the law abiding citizen. Uh, so uh, I don't know. That, they broke kind the of, so that's yeah, they broke the social contract. You're, you're right. We're not changing. They are. That's it. But more than that, is it the government's acting autonomously? The answer is no. The answer is no. Is it the media companies acting autonomously? Again, the answer is no. I want you to take a listen to this. And then I want you to tell me who's behind wanting to shut down all opposition that Sir Keir Starmer is standing there talking about. Listen to these sponsors of the media that you get on your television. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. And that great compilation was brought to you by Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, isn't that interesting? It's been right under our nose this entire time. The, the company that's um, saying that these vaccines are safe, safe and effective and, effective. and uh -huh. provided this vaccine to us. And all those company that's are and all those uh -huh. hosts on all those channels, some of them were listed by name. Uh, like Stephanopoulos and Anderson Cooper, they're all cheerleaders for the vaccines, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And they all get funding for it. So I'm not sure. I, I don't really understand how how they're still 
getting away with this at this point. Uh, how people are just like, yeah, take the jab. It's the same people that made it that are funding the, the, the media corporations to say that it's safe and effective. Like, you know, I have to think that there's about to be some kind of a uh, of a I, I don't want to say uh, because because I think they're kind of stuck at the moment. I think they want to stop as we we played the clip last week of Dr. Peter McCullough. He says you've had two administrations buy into this. The, the legislative body is bought into it. The media is bought into it. All the rest of it, and no one knows how to stop it. It's a runaway freight train. I think there are elements that are in the system that say we've got to stop this. I think there's elements in there, but they don't know how. So in order for them to continue, and then, of course, you've got the other half of it that is a, a mad scientist type that say, no, we're going to continue on with it. Uh, I mean, these numbers are horrendous. I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, anybody that's got a half a brain that's even paying a halfway of attention at this point would not want to go anywhere near this stuff. I'm starting to see ads here. And let, let me explain. I know you guys aren't seeing this in the US, at least not to my knowledge. Maybe I'm wrong. But for as far as what I'm seeing here, here's what I'm seeing now. I'm not seeing as many ads for jabs anymore. I was listening to a podcast and you know how sometimes if you don't subscribe, it comes through and and gives you an ad every now and again. Well, I'm hearing ads about every now and again about uh, go out and get the jab. You know, 75 million other people have already done it, which we already know that's bull. 82 million people, 75 million of them take it. Come on, right? I wasn't born yesterday. I was born the day before yesterday. But here's what else is happening. You've got Merck who are about to unveil this therapeutic, right? The, the pill or whatever it's called, it's monoperverol or whatever, this, something like that. I, I know I'm, I probably botched the name of it, but there's that that's going to be coming out, right? So if that comes out, obviously they're going to charge a horrendous amount of money for it, but that's what pharma companies do. If that comes out, that's the end of the emergency use authorization, isn't it? Because you can't have an emergency use authorization for a vaccine of any kind as long as there's alternative methods of treatment. They've been trying to shut down hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin in the U.S. So much so, they're taking doctors' medical licenses that prescribe it and suspend them. We've gone so far as to have the pharmacists in places like my home state of Ohio that won't fill a prescription from the doctor that writes it for something completely different from COVID. Yeah. I'm even seeing- even if even if the doctor prescribes it for COVID, they're still required they're, they're not a trained f- physician. They're not the ones that have the medical degree to decide whether or not to give that medication. All their job is to do is to fill the prescription. That's it. That's all they do. And they're not doing it. There, there's been cases of people that were prescribed ivermectin that were close to dying. And I mean, the doctor said within 48 hours, they were going to like they, they, they would end up being put into the hospital and put on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. And the, the pharmacies were refusing, uh, Walgreens and Walmart both refused to fill the ivermectin. Uh, excuse me? So there's going to be a nice big lawsuit on that one. Uh, I'm sure. That's they a were able lawsuit. to finally get ivermectin and it cured them of it. I mean, it, it didn't obviously cure them, but they were, they were up and running again within five hours. Mm-hmm. Now, here's something really interesting. As I said, I'm starting to see ads over here for other things. I'm still seeing a couple of jab advertisements here and there. But I saw an ad last night, and I saw this is the second or third time I've seen this ad. I saw an ad last night for a product over here, an over-the-counter product that you can buy just about anywhere for, I don't know, 10, 15 bucks. Bruce, I want you to look this up. Now, this is a product that's available here, an over-the-counter, you know, OTC drug. No, it's not a... <laughs> You'll see what, once once you see it, you'll it, it has a drug name. It's called Cetebe, C-E-T-E-B-E. Okay. Now, looking at this drug, I want you to tell me, again, this is 
pennies, really, in comparison. It'll cost you 10, 15 bucks, whatever it is, for 120 doses of this. Bruce, what is in a dose of Cetabay? Uh, Looking at their website, um, let's see here. We've got vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. So you're, you're telling me that I'm getting advertisements over here, public advertisements, for an over-the-counter drug that'll cost you $15 that contains what? Vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Now that's funny, isn't it? Is it that that could have been the key to this all along, as the crazy nuts and the kooks and the conspiracy theorists were telling everybody? Yeah, the, the crazy kooks and nuts that were quoting science from that we've uh-huh. learned over the last, like, what, 100 years or so? Mm-hmm. Uh, of our understanding of this, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so happens that there is a literal vitamin pill that you can buy for pennies that will treat you just fine, and they just fail to mention that. That's of course after all their numbers have dropped off. That's why I say I think they're about to take a uh, they're about to take a step back because you've got therapeutics that are now being introduced, high price therapeutics that are now being introduced that they'll be able to rake some cash off of. The vaccine numbers, maybe they got what they wanted, maybe they didn't, I don't know. They'll probably try and slant, you know, clamp down in other countries. I, I'm not sure. But now we're seeing the emergence of natural products that cost nothing that say, oh, well, if you want a good, healthy immune system, if you want to do some, uh, you know, some upkeep and some maintenance on your immune system, just take this. And it's literally vitamin C, vitamin D3, and zinc. It's literally that. Those three ingredients. Assuming for a moment there, the the uh, entire pandemic, the vaccine and everything, let's assume that the, the disease, it's not man-made. Let's assume it's not. It is, but fair. we'll assume it's not just, just yeah, for this fair. argument. Uh-huh. So they created a vaccine to try to make some money off of this, right? Instead of using, uh, uh, well, really, the vaccine, if you're going to make it, it should be for immunocompromised and el- elderly. That That should have been your focus, right? And then everyone else uh, in the workforce or that's younger, healthier, those people should have been um, told to, you know, get plenty of sunlight, uh, vitamin C, D, zinc, you know, all that stuff, Um, proper eating, proper exercise. Um, And if you do come down with it and have symptoms, uh, you know, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, the, the, the stuff that we know does work. Okay, that should have been the route we take. But instead, they did the the vaccine, which they could charge the government or you, the the, the taxpayer, a huge amount of money for making a Moderna stock to skyrocket 300 and some percent. I I, if this were just that um, it was successful in making money. So now they're starting to realize that the vaccines don't really work. They're leaky. It's causing other kind of uh, variants, those kind of things crap, we have to stop doing the vaccine thing. We need some other, I mean, we're going to still push the vaccines because we've doubled down so many times, but we're going to produce some other products out there and uh, get the market of, uh, you know, the the people that are unwilling to vaccinate. Well, we're going to try to milk them of cash as well. And we'll make some therapeutics and make something for both the people that took the vaccine and both uh, and the people that didn't take the vaccine. They're not concerned about lawsuits because they're immune, but they are concerned about their image. So, you know, you still need people to think that you're out there trying to produce things that are going to benefit them. So, yeah, it would make sense that they would they would push these supplements or other products so that they can make some money on both sides of the aisle, so to speak. And like I said, this is something you don't need a prescription for. You, I mean, I can literally buy 
right here. I mean, here it is, Bruce. You can see, it. I can just buy it right here. So I the, mean, the 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 problem is though with the way they've changed the definition of vaccine. Yeah. They may start regulating that kind of stuff and saying, oh, you, you can't get that unless it's prescribed by a doctor. That's what they've been trying to do for quite for quite some time. They've been trying to turn vitamins into prescriptions. The pharmaceutical industry would love nothing better than to to do that. And you know what? I, I'm not going to lie. I take a Pfizer product every day. Uh, I take Centrum, you know, C- Centrum uh, vitamins, multivitamins. I take one of those every day. That's made by Pfizer. And if you look at what's in it, and I mean, if you look at what's in it, if you look down at all the ingredients that are in it, it does me pretty well. I have to be honest. It's a good multivitamin. Now, I will probably be switching in the days to come, but for the moment, it seems to be one of the best that's out there. I've done my research. I've done my uh, my homework. And uh, I, I mean, quite frankly, there are a couple of others. But here's the thing. You need to look at the daily values and you need to look at what your body can do. You don't want to overdose on vitamins ever. I mean, you, you never want to do that because that can cause you some real problems. I mean, I take what I take every day. I mean, I take that. I take one of those. I mean, that in and of itself is is pretty harmless, but I mean, it does give you a good boost of energy. That is true. That is true. I mean, there used to be times when I would be, you know, kind of down and out. You know how you kind of hit that midday uh, slump? Sometimes you're just going along and you're like, man, I could really go for a nap. I haven't done that in years. I haven't done that in years. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, at the start of the COVID thing, I said, get some good, get a good multivitamin. And I, I, I even suggested that to people. Stock up on good multivitamins. They're pretty inexpensive for the most part. And it's a good multivitamin. Other pharma companies, Merck has a multivitamin. AstraZeneca has a good multivitamin. So, I mean, they do get into the multivitamin game. They do get into the vitamin stuff as it is now. But there are other companies out there that do different things. But talk to your doctor, talk to your nutritionist or, or whoever you consult for that stuff and find out what works for you. I found a combination of vitamins and supplements and minerals that work for me. And that's part of it. You know, we obviously we can't give anybody any medical advice or anything like that. We're not licensed physicians. And even licensed physicians can't do it because every single person is different. So I found a combination and I talked to, to doctors and, and you know, personal trainers and, and physicians and or excuse me, and nutritionists. And I found a, a combination that worked for me and it works really well. Now, will I change some of that in the future? Probably. You know, I might up something here, drop something there. I don't know. But at the moment, the regiment that I keep myself on has done me well. I haven't been ill knock on wood. I haven't been ill since GP was here last. Maybe that's trying to tell me something. Maybe. The he last did two live times. in California at the time. Yeah, he did. So, yeah, he, I mean, he came straight from LA. So yeah, I could yeah. be. Brought something from the street out there. But anyway, I really didn't have anything else today. Uh, is there anything that uh, anything you wanted to cover? I mean, we've got, I don't know, five minutes or so left. I mean, we can jump out early. We can cover something else if you uh, if you want. Uh, just just one, one more little dig at Biden. Gas has now hit Seven dollars and fifty nine cents in California town. Seven fifty nine. Seven fifty nine. A gallon. Mm-hmm. Gorda, California. Wow, I've never seen a gallon of gasoline go that high ever. That's the that's the low quality gas, right? The um, eighty seven. Wow. It, yeah, the high octane premium is eight fifty. Welcome to the pump. Actually, you know what? There's a uh, there's a guy that's going around doing posts of uh, these these videos of uh, he's imitating Donald Trump. And this guy it's funny you, you bring this up because this just dropped uh, from Roger Stone. This guy's walking around. He, he did one going into a grocery store the other day. And he just did one apparently at a gas station. So uh, let's say, uh, like I said, this is not Donald Trump. This is a guy that's posing as Donald Trump. Listen to this. He does a pretty good one. 
Well, we're here at the gas pump. When you take a look at it, 345, it's a disgusting thing, you know. I remember back in the good old days, it was $1.50. Not too long ago, it was $1.50. The prices are higher than a certain president's son. We're not going to talk about it. Hunter Biden, they're higher than Hunter. They're going up faster than the numbers on the scale. When Brian Stelter takes a step out there, they're going up so fast. And you look at it, Sleepy Joe, he did that. He's the person to thank, but not to worry, because the best is yet to come, believe me. <laughs> that's pretty good, isn't it? That's Yeah, that's not bad. That's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, this is uh, under this administration. Build back better, right? Build back better. Is that is that what it gets you? Gets you $8.50 for a gallon of gasoline? I mean, of course, you could probably argue that a lot of that's inflation. Uh, inflation and, uh, I don't know, maybe killing the... Uh, Alaskan drilling uh, deal that was set up by Trump and also killing the uh, pipeline, Keystone Pipeline. I don't know, maybe killing those two things. Also importing uh, the import of goods is uh, kind of at a, at a standstill right now. Uh, not really a standstill, but, you know, the, the, the vaccine mandates and whatnot is causing problems at the docks and... Um, truckers and yeah there, there's there's a big uh i don't i don't know the the training of our truckers um was shut down last year so we didn't have any new recruits in that area but that's okay uh biden's going to federalize all the trucking and and logistics and and they'll send in the uh military they'll 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 get it going for us you know i actually i heard this today and i don't know if there's any truth to it or not I heard that there was something passed by the, uh, I want to say it was like executive order, but it does something with all semi-trucks that are older than three years, saying that they're not allowed to transport goods anymore. And so this is another reason that they're having trouble getting the truckers into the docks, is they're not able to actually operate their rigs because they don't follow the new green government guidelines or whatever it is for being a clean vehicle. You know how they belch out the black smoke as they're driving down the road out of their stacks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That might be the case. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to go in and look at the, the executive orders. I haven't heard anything on that one specifically. I know they were doing an executive order that was aimed at reducing uh, the, the the problems at the ports and, and trying to get things going again. Uh, is It could be something in there, honestly, that would do mm-hmm. that, knowing this administration that, yeah. I also heard that they're doing something as far as like the union bosses of the dock workers, the stevedores, you know, the, the longshoremen. There's something with the lo- the the bosses of the unions. They're being, I don't know, they're com- they're in bed with whatever's going on with the administration. So they're on board with not letting their people come in there and unload the things, which would make sense, which would make sense because we all know where this is coming from, right? It's coming from China. If the CCP has captured the labor unions, which what does the Communist Party want to do? Who do they target? The labor unions. Yeah, they always have. If they've targeted the labor unions, well, then that says all you need to know. Here's what I want to do. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Here, here's what I want to do tomorrow. I want to go through the communist goals for America in 1963. We're going to go down through a whole bunch. There were 50 goals, I think, something like that. They were entered into the congressional record back in 1963, and I want to go down through them. They were read into the record so they would stay in the record so we would know what to look for. So tomorrow, we're going to go down through each one of those, and we're going to discuss each one. I don't care how long it takes. Tomorrow might be a long one. I want to go down through each one of those, and I want to talk about whether or not they've accomplished their goal of taking over each one of those 
set ideas that they had for the United States. Because I think that would shed a little bit more light onto what's going on over there. All right, you got anything else? Uh, just uh, real quick on the uh, shorting uh, shortage we were talking about there with uh, mm-hmm. shipping and whatnot. Um, the American Trucking Association says we're short 80,000 truckers right now. Um, Mandates? Uh, yeah. Um, I think the mandates in some, in some cases are about to hit through some companies. Maybe I, I'm not really, it, it, the mandates both for the vaccines, but also the lockdown mandates last year were contributing factors and supposedly the trucking industry, I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, I, I have family that were truckers at one point, uh, but the industry, if, from my understanding is it's not the best. There's a lot of turnover, but they're saying by projections, if things are not taken care of, if action is not taken immediately, uh, we will be short 160,000 truckers by guess what year? 2030. Mm-hmm. How did hmm. you know? I, uh, you know, it's just, it was just a guess. It was just a guess. It was a, for some reason, it was just the first year that came to my head. I don't know. All right. For those of you who are not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast that we will be on tomorrow talking about the communist goals for America in 1963. So be sure and check that out. It will be out on Monday for those of you who are not subscribed to us. But if you're subscribed to us, you'll get it early. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're a rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today and this week. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. 